Hey there! Welcome to Just to Be Nominated, a podcast about movies that is distributed by Lee Enterprises. The show is hosted by me, Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee, along with Bruce Miller, an entertainment reporter for multiple decades who is currently the editor of the Sioux City Journal, and Jared McNett, a reporter for the Globe Gazette in Mason City, Iowa. Most of the year, we pick five of our favorite films on a theme or concept and go back and forth hashing them all out. Today, though, we are all punch drunk from all things Oscar that went down last night, and who boy, do we have some thoughts. Jared, Bruce, and I recorded this directly after the show ended, rather abruptly, as it were, uh, which we for sure get into. Also, we dig into some of the snubs, surprises, we sling a little shade, and we rate this deeply divisive ceremony overall with some teacher-approved letter grades. Let us know what you think in the review section of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here it is. Our show kicks off after this short pause. We got uh, we got Jared McNett from Mason City Globe Gazette. We got Bruce Miller, a alumni of how many Oscars have you been to, Bruce? Well, I've only been to one in person. Only been to one. But I've been around the block a few times with this boys. <laughs> Bruce Miller from the Sioux City Journal. <laughs> uh, and I am Chris Lay, based out of Madison. And um, we just uh, <laughs> we just finished watching one of the strangest Chaos. Oscar ceremonies. Yeah. I, uh, and, I, I and it wasn't it wasn't chaos in terms of like the like actions it was like like the stuff around the awards it was chaos with the awards usually it's chaos with like the stuff on the like periphery and not that chaotic with some of the upsets yeah i was surprised that it didn't seem more glamorous exciting i don't know it just seemed like we just dropped in on somebody's we we broke into somebody's party and we don't know what the world they're selling because I don't get the product. But I thought it looked really cheap. I've been to parties that have been better than that. And um, the idea that you don't have best picture last is just awful. It's like the Grammys this last year who tried to do album of the year before they did like record of the year or something like that. Yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And I was saying on Twitter, like, I just assumed once that happened that that meant that Chadwick Boseman was like gonna win. That felt like the ultimate validation of that because if you can do that and end with that, but like that's the only reason you would do it and that's a perfect grace note. And then to then end with like Joaquin Phoenix clearly even being surprised who the winner was and saying Anthony Hopkins as quickly as possible and then the credits just come up and that's the end is awful. It's just terrible. And there was no way of... He wasn't even there. So he probably <laughs> didn't think he was going to win. You know? Yeah, he was in he was in Wales. He's, I don't know, if, I, I don't even know if he's filming anything. I think he's just, like, hanging out, like, with his cat. Doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, like, none of us had that one, Anthony Hopkins winning. 
The one thing at one point that like, I'm going to toot my own horn for just a second. This is very shameless. I did mention at one point that like, at least on gold derby, this is our first plug that uh, Chloe Zhao was more of a, a lock to win best director than Chadwick Boseman was to win best actor. But even still Chadwick Boseman was a heavy favorite and he didn't win. And I, I am more than a little bit surprised by that. It's a shame. I mean, it's a shame at the, um, I mean, the last time that we recorded, I want to say that Anthony Hopkins was only above Gary Oldman in the, in, in the, the odds ranking. So it's, it's really surprising. And it, he didn't really, you know, push for this. Um, and it's just, it's just very surprising that Bozeman wasn't sent out on this a, a, after a career full, full of amazing performances. And for, I mean, his performance in Ma Rainey is certainly up there as you know one of his best and yeah that that was just shocking and like you were saying jared the the way that they handled delivering the news (laughs) i don't know i mean i it's one of those i just imagine you know some years when whoever it is that's putting the things in the envelopes just kind of looking at it like oh they're not gonna like this (laughs) well it seemed like they had to meet the train We've got to get this done now real quickly. So let's get the train out because nobody's going to be around for those last two awards. And hey, that last one, don't worry about it. He's not here. Yeah, that. And like Francis McDormand's like speech was rushed too. It felt like, like, and a couple of people I saw like instantaneously were reacting to this. Like for Nomad win or Nomad Land to win all that it did, which wasn't a lot of awards, but it was the the big important stuff. It it didn't really feel like it had that much of a moment, even though it won Best Picture. Like it just was kind of there along with everything else. Well, look at those early ones where they let them just jaw on forever about everything you can think of, and then all of a sudden you get to the ones that you want to see, and it's like, well. We got to go now, folks. This is about it because everybody said it's been a bust all night anyway. So let's cut our losses early. Yeah. Yeah, it was just fascinating the way that everything went down. And even if they had done it normal, where it would have been actor, actress, best picture or actor, actress. or They they switch them around. Director. Yeah. Yeah. But it's usually like the top four are director, and then top acting actor, awards actress, and then those three get shuffled. Yeah. And then it's best picture at the end. If they had done that, that would have, you know, if Anthony Hopkins wins best actor, they say, Oh, we'll accept it on his behalf. And then they bail. Um, that would have at least provided a little bit of tension with the best picture. Yeah. It's like, well, is that, are we going to get a father? Yeah. Or yeah. did, did the father siphon off enough votes from Nomadland to upset with, you know, something else. And we were going to see promising young woman up there. I mean, there's any, it, it could have provided that, that kind of chaos to make the best picture uh, award that much more dramatic. Well, they all got one, at least one, except, except Chicago for- seven. <laughs> 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 oh, the revenge uh, that of Garrett. That's what that is. 
The reason I am like in such like even though it's late and I'm kind of tired, the reason I am still amped at all is because Trial of the Chicago Seven just face planted. It's the uh, Irishman. It's the Irishman. Yes, but I didn't. I took no joy out of that happening to the Irishman. I take so much joy out of this happening to Trial of the Chicago Seven. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because you saw and really starting with that um, screenplay one was a good thing. Because that was yeah. kind of interesting. You thought, uh-oh, promising young woman. It has a shot here. That was a really very, very smart move. And then the father. And you thought, well, they got some. There's one yeah. for them. They're taken care of. Check. And then you started going all these ones. They all got kind of one. And then they threw in director, which you think, well, wait a minute here now. That one should be held a little bit. But they got nothing else going on. And they cut down all of the entertainment value. So, okay. I'll go with that. And we all kind of knew Chloe was going to get it. Yeah. So there that went. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean they cut down on the entertainment value? We got to see Glenn Close do the butt. And that was the planned butt. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And come on. It almost looked like she was looking down at a paper to read all of the notes that she had to say in the process of all of that. I mean, God bless her for being very playful in all of this. Is yeah. she going to get an Emmy nomination for, for her acting job? She could. She could. <laughs> Best guest performance <laughs> in a variety special. Um, but she'll be nominated next year. She's got a film that she's just putting the ends on right now. And this is, she knows smartly enough to plant a few seeds the year before. Used to be like that with the AFI awards, that if you ever saw anybody in the audience, the next year they're going to be nominated for the American Film Institute Award. Or the Kennedy Center honors are like that too. So can I... Can I mention one of the more like more low key surprising ones in some respects, even though I, I, I think I picked it solely because of like kind of specious, specious reasoning of it's in black and white. Mank winning for cinematography was a little bit surprising and it like set in more when one of my friends uh, actually called me to talk about that specifically. My friend, Robert, listen to the movies Shouts that won to Robert. Yes. Listen to the winners over the past decade. Inception, Hugo, Life of Pi, Gravity, Birdman, The Revenant, La La Land, Blade Runner, Roma, 1917. Most of those are like way more like dazzling in the cinematography department than Mank is, I would say. But Mank had all of that kind of special lenses thing he was doing to give it the look. Mm -hmm. And I think this guy is a newcomer too. I don't think he, he has been around for a while. The one that was a shock there was that Nomadland didn't get it. Yeah. Because they were all saying, oh, it's so gorgeous when you see those sunrises and the sunsets and blah, blah, blah. And that's Chloe uh, Zhao's boyfriend who did the mm -hmm. cinematography. So you kind of think that's going to happen. And then when it didn't, it's like, uh-oh, we could be seeing an end here to the Nomadland train. But yeah, I, I'm glad it got that. And I'm glad it got production design too. Um, it's surprising that Ma Rainey got just costumes and makeup. Yeah. But this is missed opportunity. How many people do you know who die before they win an award? And it shouldn't have happened. Should not have happened this way. No. But not in this case. You know, what's yeah, funny too is they never showed Viola Davis after they mentioned any of those things. Because obviously in these past ones, we've seen when people haven't won, They've cut right to them. Sometimes they even held the camera on the people who were nominated while they were 
watching the winner give the speech. And it's like, I think I needed to see that. And then what was all of that swearing that was going on? They were bleeping um, Daniel Kaluuya when he was talking. What was he saying? But don't say it on, I, the, on the thing. Sure. But that's going to be something tomorrow that we're going to find out. What did he say that they bleeped? If it was something, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, the Bozeman thing feels like a, the biggest slight, the one that everyone's going to be talking about and the way that they played it off with <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix just clearly shuffling everyone out the door. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, 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 a, like a stadium, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter, like it's just... <laughs> And that doesn't and that doesn't help either. Like I love Joaquin. Joaquin is one of my favorite actors ever. He's not the kind of guy that can handle something like that gracefully. That is not the guy you need to like shepherd people through just this huge disappointment and surprise. We could barely handle the windup of I've seen these movies. They were all ooh, they were inspiring. And the winner is like that's it. It's just like that's yeah. the, that's all that you're gonna give us to like build up to this. They usually flip it, though, so that the actor gives out the actress prize and the actress gives out the actor prize. And they didn't do that yeah. this year. They did it in the supporting, but they didn't do it in the, in the lead. And I wonder if they really just thought the Bozeman thing will carry it. And the wife will come out and she'll give a great speech and we'll have a good kind of ending. And then we say goodnight. Why didn't they bring Regina uh, King back and have her kind of do an end? She could have done a wrap up. It would have been really good. Yeah, had her in the sound booth doing the uh, the voiceover the whole time. And that was it. Okay, question for you too. What was your favorite winner? Which one did you really get excited about that he won? I mean, for me, another round for sure. Even though I knew that was going to happen, just because I mean, the guy got nominated for best director also. But that was uh, really cool to see because. Of any of the films that got nominated in any categories, that's my favorite I've seen from the ones from this past year. And then I did not know the context of like what happened when, while he was making that movie with his daughter dying and everything. So that was that was the one for me. That was a really good speech and it was a very deserving movie. Mank. Mank. Yeah. Mank. I think it was, yeah, Mank getting cinematography was my favorite. I mean, the fact that Mank won, you know, two awards when I honestly expected it to get shut out yeah well another surpriser was sound of metal getting editing that was not on the on the books for anybody and that's kind of it was for me well but i mean i'm talking about the ones that are predicting you know not us but those ones that are out there because i don't even think it won um it didn't win editing in the uh editors guild i think that was chicago seven if I'm if I'm reading the the Gold Derby odds correctly, it had the same odds for editing that Promising Young Woman did. Well, and look at, did I not tell you that we didn't see enough with um, Carrie Mulligan beforehand? As much as they all tried to make it Carrie Mulligan's to lose, right? There was not enough of a momentum to give her the prize. You know, she had to win something better than. What was the one she got? Critics' Choice? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's too low. She's got to at least get a Golden Globe to be able to kind of do a twofer out of this. But she still, I think, at that, at that point was way more 
expected to win than Andra Day, who actually did win the Golden Globe. Right, but that's the Golden Globes, and they like to be surprising. The BAFTAs, that's an interesting thing. I don't know that Carrie Mulligan was nominated for those, and Frances McDormand won that. And that's kind of, you know, we should have looked at that a little closer and said, maybe she does have a shot. And, you know, I, I said to you, sometimes when you don't campaign, they really like you. Because sometimes it seems a little too ambitious, you know, and there were ones that they had to stop them years and years ago where they were putting ads in the trade paper saying, vote for me. And they had to put a law in that said, no, you can't do that. That's too, too shameless. So there you go. Ed Bagley Sr., who won, was one who did stuff like that. And they had to kind of crack down on him. Slim Pickens did it too. But Ed Bagley Sr. used to always carry his Oscar in his trunk. So if you ever wanted to see an Oscar, all you had to do is say, Ed, do you have the Oscar? And he'd pull it out of the trunk. And so with that win, Frances McDormand has more uh, Best Actress Oscars than anyone except for Katherine Hepburn. Right. Now. She has three leading ones. Meryl yeah. has a supporting and two lead. And she has four, actually, because she won for producing Nomadland, too. That's pretty damn impressive. I mean, Frances McDormand's one of my favorites anyway, and it's just cool to see further validation of that. That's pretty damn impressive. Does she have more than her husband? Yeah, I would. Yeah, because the Coens haven't won that much. They shared one. Did they have Fargo? They got something for Fargo, didn't they? And they got. Well, actually, it might. Eh, they might. They, they might, might have screenplay. I don't Fargo, think they have they five. Yeah. No. So imagine that shelf at home. Wow. Well, is there um, Roderick James? They're uh, like made up. Yeah, I don't think he ever won. I don't think he ever won. He's been nominated once or twice, I right. think. Right. Yeah. And who do they have a do they have a made up cinematographer as well, or is that an actual? I think like, they had real ones. Stuff? I think okay. they had real ones. But it's interesting because uh, Chloe should have been editing winner. That was one that you know they thought now we're going to give her enough so that she looks like she's the best ever, and that didn't happen. So she got really one, and then she shared one. It's it is easy to say after the fact because hindsight and all that, but it, it it does make a little bit of sense, I guess, maybe with Sound of Metal winning for film editing because like that movie, especially earlier in it, really does kind of move along pretty well, and the editing definitely helps it with that. And sure. like, yeah, sometimes like it feels like it's as simple as that with some of these winners. Well, and we're not quibbling, you know, they, I, I yeah. think that all the winners are fine, except for one. There's another one I take exception with. There, the one you're talking Octopus about is- teacher, you didn't like that. Oh no, the, the one I was gonna say, and I think we talked a little bit about this the other day, but if you're gonna, if Disney's gonna just win every single year, then don't have the animated feature film category. Just don't have it because it's not the best animated feature film. It's the best Disney movie that came out that year. Imagine if like any other studio just dominated a category the way that Disney does with that. Netflix has won the documentary one, I think three times in a row now, but they really needed to keep it out on its own because when it was nominated for best picture, 
it meant something special. And now they just automatically don't even consider animated films for a best picture because they figure, ah, we got a category for them. But Soul could have been in the best picture category this year. So interesting, but how'd you guys do in those lesser categories? Chris? Lesser as in? Um, Live I mean, I action, got... short subject, documentary, oh, I mean, short subject, those are those are ones where subject. I usually what will happen is I actually will go and see the shorts at a theater. And obviously this year for, you know, reasons was not able to. So I did not see um, a lot of them. And I just kind of, I lucked into, uh, if anything happens, I love you. And then I missed on Two Distant Strangers and Colette. Okay. I think the best I ever, because I, I was a coward, I did not like pick any of those because I didn't want to mess with like my overall uh, wins. First but advantage. I think the best, yeah. <laughs> I think the best I ever did with picks though, where I like picked the whole slate was like the, the year or two where I was able to see everything, including like all the live action shorts and like animated shorts. Like, if you haven't seen those, though, it's so hard to just pick those blindly. It's often a name where you go, oh, that name sounds kind of goofy. I should vote for yeah. that one, right? Yeah. That's what it comes down to, yeah. It's like the it's like March Madness. Look at the Screen Actors Guild choices. They picked Best Ensemble was Chicago 7. They picked Didn't win. Viola Davis. Didn't win. They picked Chadwick Boseman. Didn't win. And then they did win, I think, with the two supporting actors, if I remember right. So that ended up not being very predictive at all. No. Then. And that could be because they switched their membership, you know, where they opened it up and added more people in to be the members. But I doubt that I would have thought that this new crowd would go, oh, my God, Anthony Hopkins has got to win this. You know? Yeah. No, that's that's mind boggling. I mean, it's a and again, not knocking his performance. Oh, no, it's great. It's great. But I'll tell you, usually they think if he's already won one, which he has, there isn't a necessity to try and give him a second one. And they have no other opportunities with Chadwick Boseman. I don't get that. And that's one where you're also kind of adding that as a cherry on top of a long career of you know him playing, you know, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, I mean, and really crushing these roles. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, th that's going to stick in my craw for a long time. And we don't know, but I wonder if A, Anthony Hopkins is sick and can't attend these things, or if he's just kind of resigned himself to not winning any of them and he doesn't show. We don't know. But tomorrow at some point, they'll have you know, a picture of him either reacting or not, or we're going to hear something about him. But I, it's just surprising that he would even say, eh, I don't think I'm going to get it. So I'm not going to London to sit in that theater for nothing. You no, know, I, I actually I actually didn't realize this, I guess, going in and now after the fact, uh, him winning, he's now by seven years, the oldest to win right. best acting. Right. Uh, I did, for some reason, that, that just didn't even register with me. Yeah, he's and also, 83. I mean, there's, I mean, he's not out of the running, you know, for the next few years. He could have another no, film in the I wings. can totally see. Yeah. Yeah. He could I be Francis I mean, McDormand. Exactly. 
Yep. And I wish there had been a little more star power in the audience. You know, come on, there's usually some old person other than Harrison Ford who comes out and, you know, go, oh, wow, I haven't seen that person in a while. Why is that person not around? And they could have had one of those. You haven't even seen Tom Cruise at these things in a few years. So there you go. No Tom Cruise, no Tom Hanks. Um, I mean, uh, no George Meryl Streep. Meryl could have come yep. this year. Yeah, George Clooney actually was you know, uh, indirectly nominated with Midnight Sun. And so was Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. But I think we'll have to mull this for a while because it's one of those years where you go, wow, it was a bad year. I mean, for all of us, just kind of existing. And then we had this kind of extra month or two that we added on to the Oscar year. And they said, oh, it's going to be so different. And it's going to be really going to be something you got to tune in and you're going to just love it. And then it was kind of, I don't know. My octopus teacher, it taught me a lot of things that I wasn't expecting. I, I still, I mean, there are, my octopus teacher, it's, it's a solid documentary. I'm not knocking it. I mean, it's, it's fine. But when it's up against something like Crip Camp or Time, which just has such a, a depth to it, uh, you know, and actually, I think, does a tremendous job of documenting these historical and, you know, extremely human relatable experiences and these aspects of society. Uh, and yeah, and for the, ultimately, the defense of it to be Oh, well, it just makes you feel good. Whereas <laughs> like the others were a little harder to take. Yeah, like all that movie is the, the lasting impact of Octopus Teacher is going to be like, they're going to show it in like a Best Buy to show you how good a new TV looks in five <laughs> years. Like that's going to be the extent of that like uh, footprint for that movie. Well, it's all about the cinematography, right? Yeah. I think that's what won it for it. And people are going, oh, we're under the water. This is really cool. We should look at it on the big screen tonight. And, and they're, they're bowled over by that. It's the same way though with Free Solo where it was like, how'd they get those shots? And they're never, right. they never nominate these things in the uh, cinematography category. I think that'd be a good place for it. For, I mean, Free Solo, amazing. But have you guys seen the Dawn Wall, which is another climbing documentary where it's them, it's these two guys. They don't they don't do it over the course of like they they sleep up there, like it's not in one go like the um, like free solo. And man, they're up there for I think like a like a two weeks maybe. Anyway, and so yeah, the fact, like, the fact that like, the crew is like, oh yeah, hard pass here too. Don't worry, like I'm right there with you. Okay, let me ask you about best song. What do you think? We got a little bit of each one. Well, if you watched the the red carpet, or as much of a red carpet as they did, which was more um, kind of like a an outdoor patio and people kind of milling around, and if you watch that, they actually filmed them doing the songs, you know, in various places around L.A. 
there's a few of them that were recorded on rooftops and it was recorded in a stadium or whatever. And so they actually played the full songs there. And honestly, I mean, the, the song that won fight for you, Judas and the black Messiah, my least favorite, I think of, of those songs. I don't remember what, what the full context was, but we were talking about like category we would try to compete for if we could. And I said song and that winning was kind of proof of it just because it really seems like the, the way you can have the best chance of winning is just to write a song that's even like, okay. And you might have a pretty good shot of winning best original song because a lot of years it's really lackluster. None of these songs are memorable. They're never really a part of the movie either. They're often shown over the credits. You go, well, that shouldn't count. That's a credit song. Yeah. And I think sometimes they're enamored with pop stars. Yep. If you can give a pop star, because did Bill did Billie Eilish win yet, or is she coming up next year? Probably next year now for Pond. Okay, Adele won. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Sam um, Smith. Yeah, Smith. Yeah. Sam Smith won. Elton won last year. I mean, come on, you can just see it. So her probably was the the. Um, but she's not really that big of a star. That's the thing. But didn't she write the um, "I Can't Breathe" song this year? I don't know if that was her or I think it was. Did her write I can't breathe? I think that yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. So that gave her a higher profile, perhaps, than other yeah. others in the bunch. I mean, I'm I'm still bummed that Wuhan flu didn't make the cut. I really wanted those Iceland people to be there. You know, that would have been so they were fun. in Iceland. That would have been so fun, though, to have it on the um, and you could have had Will Ferrell and you could have had um, um, Rachel McAdams on the stage singing. It would have been really, really cool. But it looks like some, you know, company picnic where you hand them out on a flatbed and just see who comes to to pick them up. (laughs) So like more than a couple of people said it looked like a mall. Was it in a mall? Like. Or were they? I thought it looked like, like, you know how in airports they have like the far flung terminals, you know, like that's the, yeah, like it it looked like that. I've been there. You're going to take a little puddle jumper like somewhere. It's (laughs) a train station. It's a train station and they stopped the trains in LA so they wouldn't come there. So they would interrupt. They should have had those people arriving on the trains. That would have been so cool. Here comes all these stars and these big gowns dropping off on the train and walking into their places. Missed opportunity. Well, yeah, and some people pointed out, uh, now that you say that with the train thing, them, them having to pull that off, some people pointed out that caused like a massive disruption of like unhoused people around there. So a bit of a dark irony of Nomadland winning when like part of what made this like come together is them shooing away a bunch of uh, people without homes. So that's, yeah. Um, what if we're doing like winners and losers, who's the big winners and who are the big losers? I mean, I think the winners are, I mean, Nomadland with, I mean, director, actress, picture. Um, I don't think, I mean, we've, we've been predicting a sweep for a long time with that film. And I mean, we're not the only ones. Um, it didn't win everything that we thought it was going to, but it certainly took all of the big stuff that it was 
really running for. Daniel Kaluuya will get better work. So he will, he will move ahead. This will be a good bump for him. Um, I don't, we're talking about it. So will the Keith Stanfield. Yeah, he will too. And there, there, there's a makeup rule. We've got to try and make it up to him at some point. But um, I don't know if Yu Jun Yoon, is that, it? am I the, mm -hmm. even near the ballpark of pronouncing it? She let, she let everyone off the hook for. Yeah. <laughs> but I, as, as nice as it was to see her win, I don't know that suddenly they're going to be all these films that they're throwing her in, you know? Yeah. But I mean, you know, like nobody, uh, nobody in America really knew who, who uh, Christoph Waltz was until he popped up in Inglorious Bastards and won. And now he's hanging around. So you never know. Yeah. Well, and they might write for her. That could be yeah. a cool thing. And that would be kind of fun. But one of you said that she's got her own cooking show. Yeah. She has a, uh, a series of reality shows in Korea. So, hey, get those K-pop on and we're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, she's doing, I mean, she's, she's living her life. Um, there's, yeah, whatever her next step is going to be is going to be in the right direction. I, I, don't, I don't doubt it. Um, even if it's just to hang it up, that's, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you know, they didn't show a lot of them as they go backstage, whatever that was. And in the past, that's been kind of fun where you see them kind of let down or they're excited and they talk to the person that's presenting to them. And I wanted to see that banner with Brad Pitt. I think that would have been so fun. Nothing. Yeah. And I, I don't know how much of that is missed opportunities or ways that they were hamstrung by the COVID protocols that they had in place or. Um, yeah, but nobody you know, was wearing I mean, a mask. So I don't think they were too worried about that. And they could have done it at the um, at the Dolby Theater. That would have been a mess. It would have looked. I mean, I, I understand that it's there's going to be a lot of people throwing stones at the way that things looked. Now, it didn't bug me too much, but at the Dolby, if you've got every you know just every third seat is full, like that that ends up looking like a mess. I will say. Now that we're talking about this, I am kind of glad that they really only mentioned like the protocol stuff near the beginning and then during the one award or whatever. I, at this point, this far into it, I don't need more reminders of like what we're living through. And so I'm kind of glad they didn't do too much of that. But the empty theater that um, the best director was presented from there, aren't they open over there and they just let them in like crazy? It would have been good to see a full theater and say, guess what, folks, we could have this soon. And I'm glad that Francis McDormand mentioned that we need to get back to theaters, too, because it's time. It's time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know, you know, Mortal Kombat's at, at the multiplex right now. So as well as on HBO. Future Oscar winner, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's Up got there with sound. Bad Boys 3. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's loud. I've seen it. It's loud. Special effects could be there. The other thing, one more thing I want to mention is yeah. that what's the deal with this kind of previewing movies that are coming next year? Were those ads or were they part of the show? Ads. Because the, they had um, the West Side Story woman introducing and it looked like she was out on the courtyard. She was there from the very beginning, yeah. And then they had Lin-Manuel Miranda 
that looked like it was part of the show introducing his trailer. And I thought, well, they even had Questlove. Questlove pitched to his to the trailer for yeah. his new documentary. Is that the way to go? I mean, there there are certainly tackier ways to do it, but there's also just not. <laughs> well, then where was James Bond? He should have been there pushing his film. Yeah. Where was Top Gun? Tom Cruise pushing his film. These are all big things that are coming this next year, and they should have been there. Another missed one, considering Chloe Zhao was all over the place, was they didn't have anything for the Eternals they could have shown. I mean, cause she's going to be doing a huge Marvel movie now. Like, that seems like a missed opportunity. <laughs> I made this very small film in an RV. And next, I've got a big Marvel blockbuster. Get ready, folks. It's coming next year. I've actually been reading up on some of the Eternals mythology on like in, in the comics and it's, it's going to be the furthest out there Marvel film. And it is also the biggest possible 180 from Nomadland. Oh yeah. In terms of 180s, it's going to be up there with like Colin Trevorrow going from uh, safety, not guaranteed to Jurassic world or whatever. Or, I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. doing snow dogs. Like it's, it's yes. like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but also, but not minus the <laughs> dip in quality. Yeah. I, I have absolute faith that Eternals is going to be at the very least fascinating filmmaking. And at the best, it could be, you know, one of the best Marvel movies. So since we're jumping around a little bit. Christopher Nolan gets one Oscar after having a $200 million budget for his movie and insisting it be shown in theaters. So that's good work there. But it's also probably the only category that he won for yeah. is the, like, the only one that, that he, he would have won in the first place. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Outside of maybe, you know, sound design um, or editing, I mean, like, it's certainly not going to win screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, certainly not. And speaking of that, Emerald Fennell will be one who will benefit from all of this. She's going to be the new uh, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, where they all kind of want to work with her. They all want to do something with her. I think it'll be a, a big thing for her. No, we definitely have a, a, a up-and-coming class of actors, actresses, and other creatives here with Emerald Fennell, uh, Lee Isaac Chung. Um, I mean, even someone like Vanessa Kirby, who was so far out of the running for best actress. Did they even have her in the room? Was she sitting in Not the room? Not that I know of. It didn't seem like it. Yeah. And poor um, Carrie Mulligan, I wanted to see her a little bit better. And she was over in the shadows underneath a picture of Barbara Streisand. But you know, what's funny about those women, they, she and Andra Day uh, wore gold dresses you know kind of like i want to look golden like the oscar and glenn close watch her career did that and she just did not win the last person to wear a gold dress and win meryl streep so don't wear that gold dress well i mean the trick is if glenn close wear you know wins next year then everyone's just gonna have to be dancing to you know go-go music uh, from Spike Lee movies. <laughs> the butt is here. Yeah. It's here to stay. Fingers crossed. 
let's see. I think I can go out like some of the like the the hits that that I've got in my head is the fact that there weren't any clips of movies except for animated feature, which is bizarre. Yeah, I I don't understand that either. That's a yeah. I'm glad we mentioned that. And like I mean, you both said that you know you didn't even see you know Carrie Mulligan. Or we couldn't even know if Vanessa Kirby was in the audience or not. Um, there wasn't any real maintaining that. So yeah, you know they used to have a camera on every one of the nominees, and then they would be up on the screen, and you could see them kind of trying to look like, oh yeah, I'm so happy for her, and you think, oh god. Now they could probably just say, you know, and move on. But I, I like that. That's something I like is when you see their pictures. I don't know that I need the extra long clips. And I was okay with them doing the best picture ones a little quicker because I've seen those clips all year long. So I'm okay with that. But I would like a little kind of reminder of what the character was that they played when you're doing the acting ones. Well, that's the, yeah. Yeah, the acting ones, the ones that need need the clip to where you can highlight that specific actor. Not that they ever really pick the most emblematic <laughs> clips to show. Do you remember the year that they brought all the nominees up on stage and then they would talk to each of them? And I, I thought that was very touching, although I'd hate to be in that situation where they'd go, Glenn Close, you are an acting idol. We love all the things you've done. And then they go to the next one and the next one. And then the person finally opens up the winner and they all are kind of there sharing that moment. I think it's kind of nice, although it's like uncomfortable. And I don't like the idea that we all say, oh, it could have been any one of us. No, I think I'd grab it and say, thanks so much. It's all mine. I can hardly wait to put it on a shelf. You know? I think one of the big takeaways from this just like in the future is that we really are now in the era of just there not being anything that sweeps everything because I I, I was curious because Nomadland finishes with three including best picture and I was wondering like best picture winners with like the least number of total Oscars that they won and Spotlight the, had two I think yeah Spotlight had two the the one that has the the top of the pile of this is in 1932 Grand Hotel only won one best picture and that was it but a lot of the ones that have only won like two or three have been in the past 10 years. 12 Years a Slave only won three, including Best Picture. Uh, Argo only won three, including Best Picture. Um, Spotlight only won two, including Best Picture. Nomadland wins three, including Best Picture. It, it really is now more of like a divided era kind of thing. Birdman won four, including Best Picture. King Speech four, including Best Picture. And those are all within the past 10 years. Well, and look at Godfather, only three. Yeah. And it didn't get best director, you know, so who knows? Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned Argo and the idea of Argo winning best picture and then not getting Ben Affleck, the director is still kind of bizarre to me, but that's water um, well under the bridge. a, A gentleman who does kind of all the, the analytics on this. And I asked him a question today about, is there a category that's most tied to best picture? If you win this, it's probably a good bellwether of winning best picture, you know, because at one time it was like editing. If you win editing, you're going to probably win best picture. Those two went along or a screenplay one or director. And he said, the one that really matches up most is director. 
it's happened the most times, but you can never really predict that. You know, it doesn't always mean that you're, if you get best director, you're going to get best picture. Well, I'm sure that we'll come back with some more uh, thoughts once we're, we're well rested. I guess the, we can go out on this. What do you think is going to be the takeaway for next year? Like, are there any things from the ceremony tonight that you would like to see folded into once they're actually back in the big, the big room? Have directors, like known directors, keep directing the actual ceremony. You liked it, right, Jared? You liked the way this worked. Yeah, and, well, and I know for the most part, like you couldn't really feel Steven Soderbergh's hand after like the opening part, but that opening part to me was like completely worth Soderbergh being the director of the actual like show itself. That was a lot of fun. That was a great way to start off. Even if like things kind of went to pot later on, that was a really fun way to start. Yeah, there were so many aspects of it that were just very bizarre, but I did like the the opening uh yeah, walking in there and kind of giving you a sense of that space at the very least. Look at the good ones we've had in the past when Billy Crystal was put into all the movies that were nominated or the year that they wheeled him out and he was in the Silence of the Lamb, Lamb's outfit, you know, like uh, Anthony Hopkins. There are things like that that kind of give you credit for knowing what the movies are. And I don't know that we got any credit for having sat through any of these films because I still don't even... The idea that they had um, the the people, the real people who are nomads sitting with the nomad land table, somebody could have pointed that out, you know. And I always like, I wish that there would be somebody who would do kind of play by play or whatever you would call it, where during just before commercial break you say, well now, nomad land has the most wins so far. It has two, and if you look, it's up later tonight for best picture and best actress you know i i think i need that perspective i always think it's kind of fun because it's like the grant the gold or the yeah the grammys where you come into that and you have no clue who's already won five awards in earlier ceremonies you don't know what the what the kind of the run is of the of the house and i'd love that um i do think they they'll realize that they can do it smaller this did show that you can do it smaller but it needs to be a little more elegant. It can't just be some chairs and tables sitting around in a ballroom or a, a train station. Imagine what those bathrooms must have been like. Imagine them going in with those big dresses in the bathrooms at the train station. Good luck with that. And um, I do miss the pomp and circumstance of it because that's part of Hollywood, the fakeness of all of that, where you think that this is actually how they are, where they all are kind of like, messing about with one another and um really it's their prom night and this was kind of a prom where the organizing committee didn't get enough money to put on a good prom so they're going to have to have it over in the Quonset that's nearby and we'll give you a burger on the way out this is a prom where like you're a senior and your mom has to drive you and your date to like the prom <laughs> like yeah no it's it's a it's an eighth grade social compared to a prime. Yeah, it really, it needs more of that because that's what the Oscars are. And I think they're going to lose their footing. If you don't make it the big deal, others aren't going to think it's the big deal either. 
I mean, I think going into next year, we're going to have these huge blockbusters that are going to be coming out that we'll be able to actually reference. Whereas so much of the stuff right now, like, what do you, like, how, how would Billy Crystal lampoon Minari, you know, like how, <laughs> like, what would he, he do would for not. the sound of metal? Yeah, exactly. Um, not that Billy Crystal has a tremendous track record of being the most sensitive uh, individual, but uh, yeah. So, but you could have seen one of them, see, I guess, what, one of them arriving in a, an RV that I could have seen in a minute. You know, the host comes in and here he's pulling up at the Oscars in an RV and he walks down the red carpet and then, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I think the inflection point for this in terms of like these like, you know, kind of fun moments like that, the inflection point of like the move away from that was that stupid selfie. And like, I feel like ever since then, we're not going to have like a more organic kind of thing that like pops off like that during the ceremonies, even though I know it's all planned, but now it's all going to be more stuff like that stupid selfie that everyone just ate up. No, no, no. I mean, we, we had that this year. I think the, we've, we've talked about it a couple of times already, but the Glenn Close moment is the one that is going to stick and it was planned obviously, but Glenn Close sold it so well. Yeah, and, that's fair. You know, I mean, like, didn't break kayfabe. Like, <laughs> it was a, uh, you know, yeah, that's something that was good. And that's the thing that's going to be talked about. And I think you need those moments, uh, you know, in in the same way, you know, to, to keep things rolling. Uh, Does the show need a host? No, it needs more energy and you need to pace it better. Um, and it's, it's so hard with the things that they want to cram in there. Um, all the, I mean, we, we don't, I mean, I, I, I get that Tyler Perry's done a lot of good things and, you know, it's, you know, humanitarian awards are great to give out publicly and, uh, and you want to do that in the best way possible. But I, I just, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm there to see, those you know the best actor best actress and like the the top awards i don't know it just seems like like it eats up so much time and it really ruins the the pace of things uh or find a way to make that fit better but i think that's an impossible task uh, and then i was gonna say and then you know uh, you rush through it kind of felt rushed rushing through the in memoriam you know which of like the kind of insidery stuff, I care more about that than the humanitarian award or you know some of the other award stuff. Those are those are nice, those are good things, but like those are way more insidery than the in memoriam is. And that like some of those names were up there for a second, even like iconic people. And so then you don't realize who didn't get on the list. No, they were yeah. there. They were there. I didn't like the kind of trivia that they had with some of the nominees. He likes popcorn at the movies. You know, I don't need that. It seemed like they were just trying to remind people of how much fun it is to go to the movies in a way. You know, that that thing they do at the SAG Awards where they go, I started out for five bucks playing a prostitute in a movie. Now I'm in big movies and I don't have to play a prostitute anymore. I'm so-and-so and I'm an actor. You know, I like that. I think that's good, but it's them controlling it. Because you saw a few of those people cringing when they 
they mentioned what their whatever was about them, the little the factoid that was probably on some sheet they had to fill out six months ago. This guy was a janitor at a medical supply company where it's just like and now okay. he's winning an Oscar, right? Right. Yeah. And I did like in the old days when they would show, like you'd see the costumes, for example. I'd get to see, or they'd show like special effects and things they did. That was always kind of a learning experience for people. Now, maybe others don't like it and it's just too much, but it was always fun to see what the sets looked like, that they were, that were up for the things. And I, you know, unless you were really hardcore on this, you'd go, what was that Pinocchio thing? I don't remember that Pinocchio thing. And if you'd seen the makeup, you'd be very impressed by it. You'd go, wow, that's pretty good. I might have to see Pinocchio. <laughs> I'm still not convinced that it's actually real. <laughs> we'll have to see it together. Well, okay, yeah. so we're coming to a conclusion. Is that it, Chris? The conclusion I think so. is Chadwick Boseman was robbed. Oh, absolutely. That's the big takeaway. Yeah, Chadwick. That's yeah. Chadwick Boseman was robbed, and DeButt needs to be in every single Oscars at some point. Is that your takeaway, right. Jared? Are you with us? My takeaway is uh, don't ever let anyone tell you that schadenfreude isn't okay. Um, my takeaway is it's funny to watch Aaron Sorkin lose things and be humbled. Was he there? Did you even see him there? He was, he was there. He was, yeah, there. He was there. Yeah, see, I, yeah I, he wasn't I in his, in his cavernous living room. I must have been getting my, my dip and chips at that point, so I didn't get to see when they announced the nominees. Yeah, and also that they should always end with Best Picture. Right. Yes. Most definitely. Yeah. That that was a miss. That was a miss. Yeah. Okay. Whatever give degree it a grade. of an experiment that was. What's your grade for this year's Oscars? B minus, C plus. I think it's a yeah. I'm right there with Chris. C plus B minus range. And I'm giving it a solid D. Ow. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, spiritually, that might be more fair. I think I'm. I'm definitely giving them that where it's at, partly just because of the fact that they're having to fight uphill against so many things to make this work. And it came off really well, all things considered, but still was clunky and weird. And for reasons, even aside from winners and losers, but on the other hand, it was the most experimental Oscars we've seen in our lifetimes. They took a lot of big chances, and I would like to see that more often. So I'm not going to knock them for trying. No, if we put other big directors in as producers of this, it'd be interesting to see what they came up with. They don't have to always take the guys who always do the award shows. You want Michael Bay's Oscars? Is that yeah, the <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. Spielberg's Oscars. Let's see what he would do. Let's see what Scorsese would do. Let's get David Lynch's Oscars. That'd be good. Yeah. I'm also, I mean, like the big top, one of the big talking points tomorrow, I'm sure is going to be the low numbers, which I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head right now or not off the top of my head at all, but I'm assuming that it's pretty low. Well, and like the thing with that is, is that like anymore, you can't really put that much stock in any of that stuff because like with the exception of the Super Bowl, like there's so much other programming for people to watch. Most live stuff just doesn't do the numbers it used to like across the board. So yeah. All right. Like we say 
every episode. See something good. See something good. See something good. Maybe go watch Ma Rainey. It is good. It is good. And it's short. Fantastic. Even better. It's short. Mank. 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 Mank is still running right now. It's still going on. Thank God for it. Yeah, we're great. Have a great uh have a great night, guys. Thanks for doing this. So that was the episode. You can check the show notes for links to where you can stream the movies that we talked about, discover older episodes, and find ways to contact Bruce, Jared, and myself as well if you want. Next time you hear from us, I don't know what we'll be talking about, so make sure you click on over and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts in order to guarantee yourself some blessed relief from that suspense in a week or two. The show is produced by myself, Bruce, and Jared, and I'm the one who records and edits it. We hope you enjoyed the show and are taking care of yourself out there. As always, thank you so much for listening. 